Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following program was first broadcast on FNR Digital Radio on Sunday, August 30th, 2015. For more information, visit www.unresolvedshow.co.uk. Previously on Unresolved. I mean, I I can certainly tell you what led up to Laura's death, but as for the actual day itself, uh, your best bet is to sit down with the woman who killed her. I tried to get an audience with Margaret Hollis, if I were you. She's the one who killed him, and she's the one who killed that girl, Laura. And she's the one who had the connection to them both. Maggie? Maggie, Zoe Drew is here to see you. Can we come in? Well, James Logan had gone missing. And I was hired by his friend, Mr. Mark Thompson, to track him down. She used to keep audio recordings of everything. I think they were considered as evidence from both sides. And they're important somehow to all this? Well, she claims so. Uh Uh-huh. So where are they now, the old, the old ones? I mean, are, are they here, or will they have been sealed with the records, or...? Honestly, I don't know. Sorry. Oh, look, I've been through this so many times with so many people. But, well, if you think it'll help, then you can listen to my tapes. Hi, my name's Zoe Drew from FNR, and this is Unresolved, a real-life murder investigation told piece by piece. Where are we at? If you haven't heard episode one yet, I highly suggest you go back and do just that. Not a lot of this will make sense otherwise. And if you have, well, then there's no prizes for guessing where I found myself just a day after my first visit with Maggie Hollis. Okay, so we've got 217, 218. Ah, here we go, 219. Right. Wow. Okay. 
I had told my producer Rob about what happened at Hampton, that Maggie had slid a piece of paper into my bag with a mysterious address and code scrawled across it, and he couldn't believe I hadn't already gone straight to the place in question. But there was a good reason for why I hadn't. The address was for a self-storage company in London. I won't say exactly where for reasons that will become clear. And it had been closed when I'd found the note. And so, after the worst night's sleep of my life, Rob and I made tracks there bright and early the next morning. The place was huge, a labyrinth network of empty, strip-lit corridors and identical doorways, each one locking away a life's worth of possessions, or ancient family antiques, or old, hidden secrets. The code Maggie had noted down, 1411, had gotten us through the place's first security door, and we'd roamed our way through the halls until we found Unit 219. Good luck. Oh, 14, 11. <gasps> okay. Wow. Oh my God. Rob, look at all of this. Jesus. This is mental. I don't think either of us had much of an idea going in what we'd find in the unit. It was a mystery to both of us how Maggie could still even be paying for the thing from inside Hampton. But we decided against asking any members of staff about the account on the grounds that, technically, we probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. But, whatever the case, as a door opened and our eyes adjusted to the dim strip light popping into life inside, we saw... tapes. Dozens and dozens of cardboard boxes packed neatly with lines of those tiny cassette tapes you used to get in dictaphones. Now, I just want to make this one point before we move on. This unit was big. Like, big enough that it made me consider renting one like it to live in. Or it would have done had I not just moved into the murder flat. But I I digress. If you've never used these storage places before, the deal is that you choose a unit size for what you need, and then you're left to it. You can get tiny, knee-high cupboards on the low end all the way up to the shipping crate-sized rooms. And Maggie's? It was definitely on the upper scale, and every inch of it, roughly 10 foot by 10 foot by around 15 feet tall, was crammed with boxes of these old tapes. So, over the course of that day, Rob and I made several clandestine trips to and from the storage facility with boxes of tapes until I had every last one back at my place, back at the scene of the crime. And it didn't help that my own moving boxes were still strewn all over the place too. This case had already taken precedent. It had taken over, and none of that was being helped by the fact that I now lived in the scene of the crime itself. My bedroom was the very one that James Logan's decaying body was found in. And I think the most worrying part is that I don't find that worrying. I find it fascinating. Okay, so we've got um, 1990s here, uh, 94, 95? No, uh, 1995's over here. Leave them to one side and we'll... 
man, there is just so many. So what's the first? What's the first month I need to look for? Basically, anything from winter nineteen ninety nine onwards. Okay. What happened then? So, um, November, December ninety nine, maybe Jan two thousand. That was when Mark Thompson first got in touch with Maggie. Okay, so I feel like I need to fill in some of the gaps here. During my initial research into the case, I finally managed to track down two people who seemed really central. Laura's brother Tom and James's best friend Mark. But... Whilst I went in thinking I should focus solely on the events surrounding Laura's death at the hands of Maggie Hollis on October 3rd, 2005, along with whenever it was that James died, my first interview with Maggie kicked up something incredibly interesting. Mark actually hired Maggie in her capacity as a private investigator way back in 1999, and it was to track down James. This is one of my first chats with Mark. Mark and James were old uni friends going back to their days in halls together in York in the early 90s. Mark's an investment banker now and is somewhat direct to the point. I get the impression that he's one of those people who believes you have to do something yourself if you want it done right. I also get the impression that he's wary of me and of this investigation probably because it caused him a good degree of upset when it all went down, maybe for reasons unknown. He told me over email that he kind of wanted to let sleeping dogs lie. But importantly, he was James's best friend. And as far as I can tell, he was more or less his only friend. So I needed to get his side of the story. So, okay, so can you go through exactly what happened? I mean, I called him up and... The police? Yeah, sorry, the police. I, I called the police and I, I called the police and said I'd heard from, not heard from my friend James in what I think was like a, a, a couple of months at that point and that he'd been out on this date and that was the last I'd heard. So wait, he'd been missing for a couple of months? Sorry, I'm just, I'm just trying to piece all the, um, all, all the dates together. I think, yeah, and... Well, you know how it is. Pe- people are busy and life gets in the way and everyone goes um, goes a long time without seeing friends anyway, right? We didn't have Facebook then, you know? You didn't get this constant feed of updates. If you didn't hear from someone, you, you totally didn't hear from them. So it was easy to forget that they existed. But uh, I think after a few months, I rang up and said they'd look into it for me, but I never heard anything from them. Okay, so James had gone missing for around a month and Mark was worried enough to look for outside help. But before we move on, 
I think it's worth looking at the kinds of things that happen in the UK when a person is reported as missing to the police. Because when Mark says he never heard from the police again, he's not exactly telling me the whole truth. I pushed him on this at a later date and he told me that, quote, the police did find James, they just didn't say where, unquote. Greg Dyer worked for the Missing Persons Bureau in London for 11 years. Here's his take. I think the first thing that uh, people have as a misconception is, well, it's not a criminal offence for an adult to go missing. There is no compulsion for a missing person to return. They uh, always have the right not to be found. That's really important. Really? And that's fine. So if you or I wanted to wander off today, that's technically fine, yeah. Or whether that's because you want to start a new life or you're on a drugs binge or if you want to escape a partner or whatever else, you know, if people want to go missing, they can. And so how do you draw that line? Well, for one thing, it happens more often than you think. We usually be looking at around 10 new cases a day, but I'd say the amount of missing people that I've found to be dead or in any really dramatic situation, generally less than 1%. But either way, there are always a few initial checks. And these are obvious stuff. Uh, The police will check hospital risk databases in the UK and they will contact banks to trace purchases and bill payments or use mobile mass data, that sort of thing. And as per the the Police and Criminal Evidence Act of 1984, uh, they can search missing person's house if they feel there's a need to preserve a life. It's not like in movies. You you just don't need uh, a warrant or anything if the right motivation is there. But um, the, the the police didn't search James Logan's house during the during their inquiry. So I'm um, obviously not really familiar with the case you're talking about, but uh, if that's the case, that says to me that that they didn't feel like they had to. So you're saying that means they probably found him alive? I would assume they'd made contact. Yes. Greg's right. The reason the police didn't have to go breaking into James's house. They made contact with him by tracking his bank card. According to the official documentation passed along to Mark, the police caught up with him at an undisclosed location somewhere, though presumably in the UK, checked that he was mentally stable and sent him on his way. As I say, if um, if people are found who don't want to be, then they have a legal right to privacy. What will happen in that instance, Zoe, um, and as heartbreaking as it often turns out to be, it's that the police will close the missing reports and advise those who made it that the person is alive and well. It's just that their location and motive won't be revealed. So Mark was told that James Logan was alive. Of course, in the years that followed, the police would end up taking a much larger interest in James's story. But at the time, at the end of 99 and the start of 2000, that was the end of their investigation. James was, during that time at least, still alive. But all the same, Mark decided to keep on looking. Uh, So you took matters into your own hands? Look, so I'd last spoken to him in August of 99. I came in, and then the police didn't help. So, right, I thought, 
so it was December, I guess. I started getting frustrated. He didn't have any family, and so I think after a few months of nothing, I started to get frustrated with him. And that's when you called Maggie? Yeah, yeah, in December, I think, after the police had given up. I remember it being around Christmas of 99, and she was in the Yellow Pages. Uh, OK, and so um, what, what, what did you say to her? Well, I just said I was concerned about James and that the police obviously weren't, and could she look into it for me and try to track him down? I was stressing about it, to be honest. I was about the only person he ever went for a beer with at that point. So you felt like it was your responsibility? Um, in a way, I, I suppose. And so what did you think had happened to him at that time? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I thought maybe he'd run away. I kind of hoped he'd just run away for some reason, but was happy. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. And I still don't really know what did happen. But I think Maggie Hollis does. Confused? You're not alone. Mark Thompson having hired Maggie in the first place before everything else happening is the kind of revelation that you'd hope might provide a good way forward and some clarity. But really, it only muddies the waters even more. I so desperately wanted to go back to Maggie and ask her what happened at this time in her life, but I knew she wouldn't be interested until I'd done all my due diligence, until I'd listened to her tapes. At least now, though, Rob and I had a specific range of tapes to look at. December 1999, four months after James apparently first went missing and six years before his dead body was found. But it wasn't until we started listening to some of the recordings that I began to understand the kind of person Maggie is. By which I mean, well, just... Just listen to some of them for yourself. September the 8th, 1992. The postman, who arrives always between 9.32 and 10.08, has lost the limp he was carrying last week. I wonder if it was an injury inflicted by his wife. But that doesn't seem to correlate with the limp's severity. January 24th, 1995. I followed the car to a supermarket car park and the driver exited, but he did not return to the vehicle for nearly five hours. I do not think he entered the supermarket. So tomorrow, I will get out and pursue him. June the 11th, 1996. It is 8.08pm and an alarm is going off near my house. It rings for 90 seconds, turns off for around a minute or so, and then rings for 90 more seconds. It has been doing this now for seven cycles. It went on like this for dozens and dozens of tapes full of stilted, suspicious monologues. I listened to tapes about distrustful neighbours and about Maggie's conspiratorial thoughts on Tony Blair and about people who roused her suspicions by deviating slightly from set routines. 
There are also, of course, lots of extracts from cases she'd been involved in in her capacity as a private investigator. There were men cheating on their wives and of missing people. And what sounded to Rob and I like the goings-on of low-level underground criminals. And then there was the James Logan case. The initial one, that is. The one that marks the chronological start of our story. At least for now. December 3rd, 1999. Reading from notes. Young man by the name of Mark Thompson requests that I find his missing friend, James Logan. Old friends, nothing romantic I can see. Thompson seemed shifty. Something off there. Police lacking interest in case as per. Thompson says Logan's last known whereabouts were the old whole pub the Strand on a blind date. August the 11th, lives in Highgate, works for Vibrancy Film Effect Studio, loner of sorts, no family to speak of. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This was it. This was where the trail began. It had taken me a while to get there, but finding Maggie's original tapes was like being transported back in time, like being a fly on the wall when everything happened. This, to me, was a gold mine. And so I listened and listened and listened 
I didn't come out of my house for a whole weekend while I listened to Maggie's tapes, made notes, and tried to strip the wheat from the seemingly endless chaff. Fastidious isn't the word here. You know how in movies, the detective always goes around and interviews people at the missing person's last known whereabouts, frequently visited places, work, family, etc., etc. Maggie did all of that. In fact, it's probably easier to progress things at this point if I hand over to the Maggie of 1999 for a few minutes. Here she is, for instance, speaking to one of the bar staff at the old hole, where James had been with his blind date. Is that... Sorry, it's just... Are you recording? Do you recognise this man? Uh, not especially. He came in here with a young woman on August the 11th. August 11th? And that's, I mean, it's December now, so... I'm well aware of that, yes. I mean, I don't know who would have been working here then. I don't know if I was. Sorry, I mean... Logbook, rotor. Look, I'm sorry, but we don't keep stuff like that. And here she is speaking to a guy at James's work. So when did you last see James? Uh, a long time ago now. I thought he'd been fired at first. It was weird though, because he seemed to love it here. How so? Uh, like, never saw him complain. He's quiet, really. One of those sort of, like, keeps himself to himself people, you know? Is he okay? Did he ever mention leaving? Ever talk about anywhere he might go? Family to visit? No, not... Not really. Sorry. I suppose I just... I didn't really have that kind of relationship. What do you mean by not really? Uh, I mean not at all, then. Look, sorry... I can't really help. Um, I need to get back to work. We're on deadline, and... Uh, yeah. And here she is gleaning all she can from Mark. So, as I said on the phone, I don't really know when the last time I saw him was. I didn't say saw. I said had contact with. You do have a phone, yes? Yes. Well, then. Text messages, phone calls. If you have that, then I can call the phone company and I can try to get his whereabouts and then we can... Look, I've already told you the, the, the salient stuff. The last I heard he was going on that blind date, right? I asked him how it went, I sent him a text and he never replied. Well, maybe you could find out something about that. Do not presume to tell me how to do my job, please. I only mean to reduce my time and therefore I can reduce your cost and while we're at it... Why exactly are you so keen to find this man that you would pay me? Pay your pardon? I mean, do you have some vested interest? He's... Well, he's my friend. No. Oh, better friend than most by the sounds of things. And you find that one? Suspicious somehow? No, not suspicious, no. I'm just curious. Men don't normally pay to find other men in my experience. Well, not unless there's a woman involved. Tell me, are you hetero, Mr. Thompson? I... What are you getting at? Merely that... Look, I've hardly to find my friend because I'm worried about him. I just want to know. I'd like to know where he's at. 
And please just get on and do that and let me know what you find out. It goes on like this. There's a lot of antagonism in her approach. But according to my initial research, at least, Maggie did usually get results. Her obsessive nature meant that she rarely let a detail slip by. And when you're a PI, that's a good attribute to have. But it wasn't getting her anywhere with the case of the missing James Logan. All she really knew was that on the 11th of August, he had gone on a blind date, texting Mark earlier that day from his home about it. And then he was never seen again. The date was, according to Mark, with a girl he'd been in scant contact with via the Guardian Soulmate section. James hadn't taken the proactive step to put himself out there on the dating scene some weeks prior. Unfortunately, there was no way at the time for Maggie to know who the date was with. I'm not stupid, and you're not stupid. I know what you're thinking with regards to that mystery woman. And you're you're right. But we'll get to that in the next episode, I promise. First, we need to take a detour just as Maggie did in 1999. With her initial leads drying up and fueled by a hunch that James Logan may have some family squirreled away somewhere that may be able to help, Maggie started researching his heritage. And that was the point where she went down a really big, really weird rabbit hole. One that changes just about everything about this case and is arguably one of the main reasons why she ended up in Hampton. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty abrupt too. I certainly didn't think you'd be back. Not so quickly, anyway. No, me either, to be honest, but I think I know which which questions to ask this time. The good doctor did not seem impressed by this. After all, here was me, a silly little radio journo, after all these years turning up and causing trouble with Maggie Hollis, undermining all his many years of work, and, I guess, worst of all, indulging Maggie's delusions. Not to mention... At the time this was recorded, I had decided not to tell him that I'd found Maggie's tapes. But Dr. Edwards continued to humour me nonetheless. I think maybe to see what info or insight a fresh perspective could bring to what was otherwise a lost cause, or just to prove that I was wasting my time. This time, I met Maggie in the communal room a tennis court-sized space with icy blue walls, white trestles, and a single ping-pong table. It was pretty bleak, but we had the space to ourselves at least. Maggie, Dr. Edwards, and I took a seat, and I prepared to continue what I'd started a week or so prior. Thanks for your time again, Maggie. Hmm... I really appreciate the opportunity to... Oh, look, ask your question, Miss Drew... I do hope it's the right one. Uh, yeah, okay. I, um... Just for the record, listeners, 
I really hoped I had the right question too. So I, I was wondering if you could tell me about when you were working for Mark Thompson, about when you first started looking into James Logan's family, about his father? Very good, very good. We can start this thing properly now, you see, at the beginning. Tell me, do you know how many people go missing in the UK every year? Uh, I'm sorry, I... 275,000 Around 275,000 people just up and disappear every year in this country. And most are never found again. You know the reason? The reason is because it's very difficult to know what a person's last movements were. Well, you often, you just don't know the difference between missing and run away. And, well, you... You don't know where or when they are when they transition from daily life to missing, you see. There's no real science there. So all you can do is just to ask everyone they know where they might be and where they last saw them, and from that you piece the clues together. OK, so... So... With James Logan's friends proving, frankly, fairly thin on the ground and really not much help, and oh, with the police having found closure that he was alive somewhere. On the 2nd of January 2000, I began researching the lineage. Nobody who would have seen him near to his disappearance had any information at all. And so, I reasoned, maybe I was naive, but I supposed that his family might. And also the surname, that, um, that piqued your interest? Hmm. And so that's when you found the link between your father and James's? Well, eventually, yes. I found from public records that Mr Logan's parents were, well, they were both no longer around. His mother had died of cancer when he was a teenager, apparently. His father is dead now, but at the time, he was in his latter years and still ticking somewhere, though nobody knew that then. Mark Thompson had revealed that Logan's father had run out on the family when James was 15. He had since fallen into obscurity, but... I reasoned that maybe James knew where he was and had gone to see him. Well, at least it was a possibility. So then you were trying to track down two Logans at once? Quite. And then that's when you discovered the link between your dads? Well, yes. Well, I mean, I think discovered is too much, to be honest with you. It was more like, like proving a coincidence is anything but... And could you explain the link? Well, I wish that I could. I do, really. The overly short version of this is that Philip Logan and my father, Sean, well, they were pilots together in the Second World War. They were flying a Vickers Valentia plane, which crashed in the Libyan desert in 1941. And my father was killed thereafter by gunshot. And so in your tapes, you suggest that you think that Philip Logan shot your father. 
Well, none of it is clear, Miss Drew, and all of it is laughably murky. But, well, I expect you've gleaned what I think of things already. What I think of things is why I'm in here after all, isn't it? Maggie was right. I had gleaned her story from her tapes. Okay, time to come clean with some stuff I know about this story that you don't. Remember how I said that Maggie is obsessive? Well, yeah, understatement. Maggie Hollis was kicked from the police force in the late 1980s for misusing her power and spending a good deal of her time trying to obtain information about the death of her father. Seemingly, the mystery behind it had always been at the front of her mind. Maybe it was the reason she joined the force and then became a PI. Maybe the surname Logan was why she took on the missing persons case from Mark. All I know is, a lot of the tapes I had in my living room were dedicated to poring over information about her father's death. And once she figured out that James's father, Philip, was her father's co-pilot, the whole thing snowballed. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that she thought the two cases were tied together somehow, that fate had brought her to James's door. Here's just a few snippets. April 9th, 2.31pm. Logan knows something. He must know something. I just don't understand what. If I find James Logan, well, logic says that I'll be able to find some answers. June the 11th. It's 9am. Well, it occurs to me now that I should go to Libya myself. There's only so much to be gleaned from the photos, I think. George would want me to go, though. He'd, well, he'd want to help, I imagine. George is Maggie's husband, by the way. He died of a heart attack aged 48. June 20th, 2300. I'm sitting here, poring over fucking flight paths from World War II. As if that's a task that might help me to find Logan somehow. Chap in the weather forum says that he'll be able to help with the eclipse records. I'll be able to match those up, I think. Yeah, I think that'll help. That only really scratches the surface. She gave a lot of her years to this stuff. In another episode, we'll discuss what her theory surrounding her father's death actually is and how the Logan family is involved. But right now, we need to drive the story on a few years. In late 1999 and early 2000, James was missing, but, at least for a time, alive. Mark Thompson wanted him found, and Maggie was tugging at the wrong threads. So how did we get from there to a car accident in 2005? How exactly did James die? And where did Laura come into all of this? These were the questions I needed to put to Maggie while I still had her wavering attention. And that's how it works. You put a sensor above the outside of a door and it will go off when the beam is passed. Uh Aha. 
You've stopped listening. No. God, no. God, no. It's just... Could... Could you tell me what happened next? I'm at a loss as to what happened with James Logan after your initial inquiry ran... I wanted to say off the rails here. Ran dry. I see. Well, my search for Mr Logan Senior proved to be fruitless and other cases reared up, so I had to cease business with Mr Mark Thompson and deliver bad news. But you never let these things drop. You never let them stop fully. And then, after a couple of years, in uh, 2002 it was, I was visiting the house of new potential clients by the name of Laura and Thomas Ray. Yep, that's the Laura Ray. Here's Maggie's tape from that meeting dated June 2002. So, Laura, Thomas, how can I help them? Oh, well, well, I mean, thanks for coming over. Well, Thomas called me because he knows someone who once employed me to follow their husband, which I did. Though I'd recommend that in some cases, ignorance is bliss. But in any case, when I do this sort of thing, I tend to do it very quickly. And to do it quickly, I like to engage in less small talk than you're probably used to. Uh, Oh, shit, sorry, right. I do finding people, following people, affairs, blackmail, foiling, legal murder. So which is it? Silence. And follow them. To what end? For what purpose? I'm being stalked. I'm being stalked by a guy I went on a date with. Just one date with. Like, 90 fucking nine. He started following me and I want you to build a case for me so I can go to the place with some hard evidence. Sorry, it's can't smoke in here. We only went in the place. Yes, well, you can tell. You'd not have this horrible Swedish Lego furniture otherwise. Say I find this chap, get some evidence of him having followed you. What then? Then we go to the police. Tomorrow. And why not now? We already did. We went earlier in the week and... Well, but they didn't. They weren't, you know. They didn't believe me. They said that they could only look into it if it persisted beyond what they called a single incident and a coincidence. They said that I was overreacting and having gone down there as if supposed to wait fucking rate or something. Well, I'll need £35 an hour, plus VAT. 45 if it's at night. What? Over how many hours? Well, as long as it takes. Though I do work very quickly, as I mentioned. Fucking hell, we can't afford that. I can't afford that at all. Then you can't afford me, I'm afraid. Please. Please. Then I'm afraid you'll just have to find someone else to find, uh, what was the name? James. James Logan. Next time on Unresolved. 
you know, see the role I play in everything. I think it's safe to say that the vast majority of bodies in these cases, well, at least in my knowledge, are found much sooner than that. But then I'm afraid that's about where my version of events and everybody else's begins to separate, I'm afraid. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.